hope everyone in AvGeek Nation is having a fantastic day. Before we get into today's podcast, I just wanted to let you know this podcast, I mean, this is a good one. It's going to be a little longer than than usual, than some of my usual podcasts, but that's just because there is so much information packed uh, in this episode. We have a super special guest uh, on the show uh, today, and this is one of the more complete stories uh, that I think uh, we've had on the show uh, so far. I mean, we've had two really, really good ones, um, but this one is just as good uh, and really, you know, adds a new piece uh, into aviation that I have not had here on the show. So hopefully looking forward uh, to have you listening to the episode today. And don't forget, if you feel like supporting the podcast and the mission we are on to entice more younger people to come into the uh, the aviation world, don't forget you can support the AvGeek Chronicles podcast. Just click on today's episode, look in the details. There's a link at the bottom and you can support uh, the podcast and any, any support goes directly back into that mission. Nothing comes, nothing comes back uh, to us. So if you feel like supporting a great mission today, feel free to support the mission that the Abke Chronicles is on. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, uh, everybody, to another episode of Avgeek Chronicles. Got another hot episode for you guys today, bringing back the Ask the Avgeek show. Uh, Going to be trying to do a lot more of these just because of the stories that we get to bring here on the podcast. And guys, today I have another uh, amazing special guest here on the show. Uh, his name is Mel Williams and just to kind of give everybody a background on how Mel and I uh, connected because I think it's a phenomenal lesson for anybody who's new into aviation or just looking to connect people you know with people in general um, and and Mel if you're cool with that I just kind of want to share that story uh, here real yeah. real yeah. quick uh, alright alright so Basically, I was putzing around Instagram one day and I kind of have this little strategy that I learned. It's called the $1.80 strategy. And basically what it is, is I was out there deploying it one day um, and basically you kind of, you go to your favorite hashtags and you basically leave your two, your, you know, your two cents and you put your opinion into the community. You're, uh, you're adding to the community, you're adding value, uh, and you're just trying to connect with people. Um, and my community is aviation. So of course that's kind of what I was doing. And when you, when you enter this conversation very thoughtfully, uh, and you care about other people, it's really amazing that the connections that you can start making, uh, and the type of people that you can meet, because then they're really going to get connected, uh, with you. And that's really all I was doing. And I came across Mel's profile and I started deploying the strategy because I really enjoyed what he was putting out, not just the content and the pictures, but just the ideas and everything behind, uh, you know, the values of, of what he was saying and everything that he was saying he was actually physically doing. Uh, so I immediately, uh, connected with that and just, you know, started adding my two cents and follow him and see what he's all about. So back in February, I came across Mel's profile and his clothing apparel, uh, maintenance maniacs. So I posted a thoughtful comment on one of his posts that I really liked. 
and he then later on liked one of my photos. So I decided to follow up with a simple DM. And it's funny, I went back to this DM uh, and I have it word for word. It says, hey man, uh, thanks for the recent like. I'm a student pilot and I love the content you're putting out. I also took a look at your clothing brand and I think it's it's a super cool concept. Uh, I'm intrigued to hear how you came up with it. And literally, not more than three minutes later, Mel, you sent six DMs in a row, literally laying it, <laughs> laying it all out there for me. Uh, so from there on, you know, kind of there on out, I knew we'd connect because you know, I had this, just this real sense of realness coming from you, uh, and, and just, just following you and really you documenting kind of everything you've gone through. There was no lie. I mean, this was all straight, real, uh, stuff coming out of you. So I'm not going to go into all that detail about what you said and kind of what I thought, because we'll really go through it here in this interview, but I just wanted to show and, you know, have everyone hear that, that simple connection, uh, with you just kind of proves to folks out there, especially on social, join the conversation in with people that you really, really like, because once you start following them, they're going to start realizing it. And, you know, they're really going to show, uh, their, their true colors. So everyone, I am so stoked to have Mel as a guest on today's ask the Ab geek show. Uh, and Mel, how are you doing, man? I'm so stoked, man. I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, I'm stoked just like you. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I mean, honestly, man, I'm so stoked to put you on. I love, I love your, uh, you know, your whole background, your story. Uh, and I just want you to share that, uh, share that story with the Ag Geek Nation because, you know, we've been talking about it in this episode, man, for a while now. Uh, yeah. And I'm yeah. finally stoked that we finally, uh, that we finally made this happen. Yeah, man, me too, man. So, uh, I mean, so... You know, uh, like Colin said, you know, my name's Mel Williams. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, oh, boy. It's so weird being on the other side. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I am an A&P mechanic. So I work on planes. I've been doing that um, for 11 years. I've been doing it for 11 years now. Um, I went to aviation high school in Queens, Long Island City to be exact, uh, Long Island City, New York. Uh, when I graduated high school, so basically it's a trade school, and when I graduated high school, uh, I attained or earned, I should say, uh, my AMP certificate. So uh, at 18, I graduated high school as a qualified air. Uh, airframe and power plant mechanic. Um, so Delta picked me up a couple of months after that, and I've been with them ever since. You know, um, it's been a fun ride. Now I'm a uh, 737 maintenance instructor for Delta. Um, so I get to teach other mechanics and <clears throat> sometimes contract mechanics as well uh, from other companies, URS, uh, Copa Airlines. Um, I just recently had in my class uh, some other contract from uh, different colleges also that uh, come through our course and um, I get to travel around I get to teach it's 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 been uh, it's been a, a really fun ride thus far I'm also a private pilot uh, fixed-wing um, uh, aircraft single-engine land um, hopefully to get my C uh, C rating uh, soon, um, but right now I'm working on my instrument rating, um, and that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. So you know, it, you know, it, it's really really cool because 
you took a path that I was not even aware that even existed really. Um, and I think that's really, really fascinating. And that's what I think I find your education background. So interesting, um, is because of this route. Uh, and you did it at such a young age and an age that most people wouldn't really think about. So go, go into more, a little bit of detail into, um, into your schooling growing up, especially in high school at the aviation high school. Um, and why you actually, why and how you actually physically went into that and how that really, that opportunity at such a young age helped springboard into the amazing opportunity that you're in right now. Oh yeah, of course. So, um, growing up, uh, I was, well, <laughs> I like to say, or think rather, I was very good at uh, basketball. So growing up, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, you know, all we did was play basketball all day. And um, I originally thought I was going to be a basketball player. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I'm not a big, you know, so here's the irony on that. So I'm not big into school. Um, and, uh, you know, all I wanted to do at a young age was play basketball. So... I didn't do so well in school and my mother, you know, um, single mother uh, at the time, and uh, she didn't want to pay for a private school. So I ended up going to this basketball camp, uh, Chris Mullins basketball camp to be exact. Uh, he's a, a NBA legend now, but uh, he grew up in Brooklyn as well. But um, <clears throat> I... Uh, didn't do so hot in the classroom and uh, they offered to have me go to uh, the private school where he was, you know, he had gone, Chris Mullen, I'm talking about, uh, had gone and, uh, you know, created a name for himself and then went on to the NBA to play for the Warriors and, and uh, she was not having it. <laughs> she said, I'm not paying for it. You know, he's going to go to a public school because, you know, he's not doing great in school in the second and third. And uh, uh, in New York, I don't know how it is other places, but in New York, uh, if you're in, in eighth grade and you're picking a high school, they give you a book. They give you a book of public high schools to go to. And, um, you know, I got to Queens, Queens is a borough in New York, and I saw Aviation High School. And I said, man, you know, I've always been in the airplanes and, you know, this sounds interesting. You know, what is Aviation High School? So I ended up going. But you went in, uh, you went into it not knowing too much about it though yeah yeah i, I mean I, I honestly originally thought it was a school for pilots so you know i mean just go by you know just going off of the name aviation high school just sounds like you know you're gonna go there to be a pilot you know so uh they had an orientation and uh i went to the school uh during the summer and then I slowly realized, like, uh, it doesn't look like they're doing a lot of flying here. It looks like they do a lot of <laughs> fixing. So, you know, they had airplanes torn apart and stuff like that. So I was like, ah, what, you know, what's going on here? And I then realized it's a school for uh, aircraft maintenance. And then um, one thing led to another, but I enjoyed it. You know, so I enrolled in the school. So I was a freshman. So a quick background to Aviation High School. Uh, aviation High School is a trade school. So along as being a high school student, you know, taking math, English, science, social studies, uh, on the other side of it, um, you have to put in your FA required um, hours, uh, Federal Aviation Administration hours, um, to be a certified aircraft mechanic. And a lot of us, you know, go through the program. Some people drop out of the program and just end up, you know, graduating with the high school diploma 
uh, if you complete the program, um, after four years, you attain or earn, uh, depending on what program you're in, either your power plant license or your airframe license. And then they invite you back for a fifth year. It's not being left back or anything like that. But I did go to high school for five years, um, uh, but only to attain the other license. So I graduated at 18 years old. I have a late birthday. Uh, my birthday is November. Uh, so I graduated uh, at 18 years old as a certified aircraft uh, maintenance technician, and um, that's 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 how that's how it happened, rather. So, and what's what's really so cool about that story is you mentioned in there. You said, you know, I didn't really like school, but yeah. I've learned through going through just private pilot training. I'm sure you learned it too, not just in private pilot training, but going through, uh, all your certifications, uh, certifications on, uh, the, the mechanical side is it's still a lot of learning and it's still a lot of memorizing. So what, you know, you said you didn't really like school, but what made you so successful going through that process because it's basically like school was it just more of a passion it was it was more interesting to you but what you know how how did it get easier for you going through that type of program than say just a regular high school yeah i mean uh definitely you know um like i had mentioned i always been in the airplanes i've always you know i was a weird kid growing up i you know i thought i was going to be an air force pilot so i had books and stuff like that i knew about certain missiles and the range and all that my favorite movie is top gun you know so i thought i was gonna be the next maverick (laughs) (laughs) exactly you know like yeah i mean you know so yeah it was the passion it was you know finding something that sparked my interest you know, through and through. And, you know, it worked out through, you know, through high school and, you know, it's still working out now. You know, my passion still is aviation and I want to know more. I want to be, you know, the smartest out there. I want to be the sharpest. And that's just what carries me is just the passion, you know, and that's just, that's just what it is, you know? So I, you know, I'm truly blessed to find an industry that worked out in my favor and it's continuing to work out, you know, and that's, that's all I can ask for, you know? And, and, you know, I've had two, two pilots already, both helicopter pilots on uh, episodes one and two, but I'm really, really glad I get to switch this question up now because I know you're a pilot as well, but I kind of want to dig more into uh, this mechanic side because it's so interesting and I really, really think it's a forgotten side of aviation. And to be honest, it's the important side of aviation. Me and you you and I would not be able to fly if it wasn't for this side of aviation. But just kind of quickly describe the process behind... um, you know, becoming a, uh, an A&P mechanic, uh, and kind of just in a nutshell, what you had to go through. I know you went to the school to do it, but kind of what are the things that it touches on, uh, and the certifications that you have to get to uh, get that license? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, you know, I did mine in high school, so I got a head start, so it worked out. Um, but you know, you got to do some welding, um, you got to do some uh, carpentry, or well, at least when I went through, uh, I definitely had to do sheet metal, um, jet shop, uh, doping. Now, doping, you know, would be like composite shop, if you will, um, composite material, whether it be foam. You know, I built a aileron from foam and wood and stuff like that. Um, but so my curriculum, if you will, 
comprised of different shop classes you know so i had jet shop i had welding i had hydraulics you know and every rotation will be called so every couple of months you would rotate classes and take on something new you know and that had its own curriculum so you had to go through take tests learn how to do you know the job whether it was you know learning how to build you know tubes for hydraulics or you know doing sheet metal work and uh, uh doing riveting and you know drilling out holes and you know doing repairs you know um so it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. It took five years. But, you know, the thing is, you know, in high school, everybody, well, at least as far as I'm concerned, I guess in the United States, everybody does four years of high school, you know, mm-hmm. freshman, sophomore, you know, junior and senior. So, you know, that part was, I'm not going to say easy, but, you know, you're just going through the motions. It's the fifth year that's the issue because the the deal was, at least for me, you know, on you know from the outside, um, you know, I had a lot of friends who weren't going to my high school who after their four years they went on to college you know and that was a battle that that you know I fought because it's like okay well I finished my four years I have one you know I have one license so I should go to college too you know what I mean and you know you kind of feel like you're going to fall behind because you want to chase your friends but you kind of have to stop yourself and think like well you know, I'm in a different situation, a different program than they are, you know, because they have to go on to college and figure out what they actually want to do with their lives as opposed to me, you know, having a head start because all I have to do is go to school for one more year and then I have both licenses to go out there. And I mean, you know, the AMP deal, a lot of people, so, so a lot of people think, you know, airframe and power plants, so it has, has to do with engines and aviation and airplanes, but that that's not necessarily true because, you know, you can work for, uh, at least in New York, um, the transit authority to hire you. Um, you know, you can work on trains. You can, uh, you know, you have welding experience. I know, you know, I have friends who graduated uh, from our, you know, from our high school, attained both licenses and went on to be electricians and started their own companies, you know, at 25, you know, 26 years old, you know, got a truck or a van or whatever the case is and started, you know, being, you know, plumbers or welders or electricians. I mean, whatever, you know, so the sky's the limit as far as, uh, you know, so much you can do with uh, A&P licenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and this is really a stat that I picked up real quick with you, and I, I, I fell, I fell in love with it. And you got to correct me if I get this right, or yeah. if I get it wrong. Uh, yeah. But you, when you got brought on to Delta and you started working for them, you became was it one of the youngest instructors on the seven thirty seven, or was it one of the youngest instructors in the company at that position? What was that stat? You were like the youngest. Um, so, okay, so so the stat um, that I probably mentioned uh, previously uh, was uh, maintenance control. Yes. Yeah. So maintenance control. Um, so maintenance control center. The way I like to break maintenance control center or MCC for short uh, to a lot of people. So let's say you know you got a problem with your iPhone. I'm just going to use iPhone because I have one. Uh, you know you may reach out for Apple support. You know, they say, you know, oh, shut it down or, you know, try this and try that. So in MCC, 
um, I was a 737 technical analyst. And it's basically the same thing as if you had had trouble with your iPhone. So I would get calls from pilots at 37,000 feet or mechanics uh, in the middle of the night working a problem. And they call me and, and I'm basically tech support. Okay, try this, try that. Um, pull up this maintenance manual or this IPC reference or in a, uh, <clears throat> what's IPC mean again? Uh, uh, illustrated parts catalog. There you go. <laughs> uh, for parts, for part- for parts information, I had a brain fart for a second. For parts information, um, so but in that position, I got that position at 23 years old, and I was the youngest at the time. That may have changed now because I don't work uh, in that department anymore. But at the time, I was the youngest uh, to be in a position like that. And in that position, it's usually the older guys because um, <laughs> those guys sit behind a desk. And you're on the other end of the phone yeah. and use it like, yeah, you're you, you have to be up all day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you, you, you use, uh, you know, your experience of being out there in the field and oh, try this. You know, this usually works and stuff like that, you know. Um, but, yeah, I was up there at 23 years old and uh, it was it was an interesting ride. Um, I don't think they were ready for me um, as far as being at my age in that department. Um, but it's all right. You know, but I got fantastic experience from it. Um, you get put in the hat in the uh, hot seat a lot. I was about to say, does it come with a lot of responsibility? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, you know, you answer the phone and you know, there's this captain at thirty six thousand feet, and he's got a weird light, and he's calling you about it. You know, he's asking you like, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And it's like, ah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) You know. He's, you know, both of you guys got the manuals open and stuff like that. And he's asking if he can, you know, if he can continue on. And then, you know, a lot of times, you know, you got to get clearance from uh, his dispatcher because, you know, every every flight uh, in an airline is at least is <clears throat> at least as far as I'm concerned um, on the Delta side has a dispatcher. So there's somebody responsible for that flight. Yeah. Um, so. So, you know, he's talking to the dispatcher. We're talking to the dispatcher. We're trying to make a decision whether he should land or continue on, depending on, you know, the weather in front of him. It's a big operation. You know, meteorology gets involved because depending on where he's going, he may have an issue where he can't fly through storms or fly through weather or fly through rain. You know what I mean? So there's a lot that goes into it. So, you know, put to, 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 to put that all together as a 23-year-old, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It'd it's be a, a lot, lot for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, you know, but I dealt with it for three years. And then, uh, I mean, basically what happened was I got kind of antsy. I got tired of being around or being behind a computer for 12 hours at a time. And I, I wanted to be back out there, you know. So I went back outside. So, so now where you're at right now and you're doing a lot with the 737, especially you're on the new aircraft, right? The Max? You doing a so, lot with the max? Yeah, so 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 right now in my current position, I am a uh, 737 maintenance instructor. Uh, some people get that confused because they mix the uh, you know me flying on Instagram like oh so you're like flight instructor? It's like no, <laughs> I'm a maintenance instructor. Um, you know, just you know progressing in my you know pilot career, uh, but. <clears throat> As of right now, yeah. So I'm a maintenance instructor. I teach the 737 NG or next generation. I teach, yeah, I teach the NG, a next generation aircraft for Delta. And we have uh, a Navy contract. So we get uh, uh, 
Navy students and we go to Navy bases to teach as well. And then also Air Force. Because that's on the Poseidon uh, airframe, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the P-8 Poseidon and uh, the C-40. The C-40 is a uh, is a military 737-700 uh, series uh, that the Air Force and the Navy both have. Uh, the P-8 Poseidon is a Navy-specific aircraft. Uh, it's a 737-800. It's got right the wing tips, uh, if you know about a 67-400, six, uh, but it's got a whole bunch of cool stuff on. It's like a, we like to call it a 737 on steroids at Delta. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's got muscles and stuff, antennas hanging all over the place. It's a, it's a really cool airplane to look at. Um, but yeah, right now, I instruct, uh, I teach classes um, all around the country. I've been to Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, it's a military base. I've been to Norfolk, uh, Virginia, on uh, military bases. I teach in uh, L.A., Seattle, Whidbey Island uh, for the Navy. Um, I'm doing a, a class in New York um, in two weeks or a week and a half. Um, and we newly acquired, you know, I heard you bring up the Max, the 737 Max, which is the uh, latest and greatest variation of the 737. Um, but uh, we are, or I am rather, I'm doing a 737 Max class in a uh, LaGuardia Airport, uh, because Delta does have the contract for WestJet. So meaning, if there's a WestJet issue, um, they don't have maintenance on site at LaGuardia and a couple of other uh, stations or airports around the country for us. So uh, they've tasked us to go out there and troubleshoot or figure out what's wrong or dispatch the airplane. So uh, I actually recently went up to Toronto to learn the max from one of their instructors. And now we have the program and now we teach it to our guys. And, yeah. and, and, and that's like the Southwest of Canada, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 They operate um, out of uh, Toronto, uh-huh. uh, Montreal. And there's another place up there. I believe I can't, can't remember off the top. But, um, yeah, WestJet is a growing company uh, up in Canada. Um, they're doing great things. Um, still small at the moment, but they're getting there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're moving bodies, and, you know, they, they're a great small airline at the moment. Yeah, yeah, a lot so, of potential. So you're doing a lot, and you're doing a lot in the field. You're traveling a lot. What What's a daily schedule look for you or maybe just a, uh, a, a maintenance instructor, uh, instructor like yourself? Um. Daily, so on a regular day, <laughs> regular, um, if I don't have anything going on, and I'll get to the rest that I could have going on. So on a regular day, I'd wake up, I'd go to work. Um, if I'm not teaching or uh, I'm not shooting videos, and I'll get to that in a second, I'm just sitting at my desk. I got my headphones on, and I'm studying. You know, I'm just brushing up on certain things that I may have questions on because, you know, as an instructor, you know, you go through these slides and, you know, you explain it as best as you can to your class, but some people have questions, you know, and sometimes you just don't have time to get that deep into certain things, you know, because you have to stay, you know, stay the course and stay on the curriculum and you have time constraints. But there are some things where it's like, you know what, I don't know enough about, for example, communications, comm, you know, VHF, HF or whatever. So I'll go into there and, you know, just read more in detail detail and try to pick up, you know, things that you didn't know before, you know, whether it's Google, whether it's just reading deeper into the manual. So that's a normal day if I don't have anything planned. Um, if I do, if I'm teaching a class, I usually try to get there an hour 
prior to. Um, class usually is from for us from eight to five, so I'll get there seven o'clock in the morning. Make sure you know I have my P's and Q's together. Um, and you know, just setting up the classroom, just making sure everything's straight. If I'm teaching, um, if I'm doing videos, because we shoot videos as well um, for our mechanics, so. Let's say, for example, we have a mechanic. Hey, you know, the other day I ran into this. You know, I ran into X or I, I ran into Y. Um, you know, do you think you guys can make a video making or explaining how to do this a little bit better? And we would, you know, we take that into consideration and maybe run out there and actually shoot a video. Like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. You know, how can you open up this door or this panel better without damaging this equipment? Whatever. It could be quick hits. It could be, you know, something that's like, you know, a video that's like three minutes long, just different things to do, you know, different ways rather to do different things. Um, so I do that as well. So it, it, it's really a variation. You know, I could be get, going to work to study. I could be going to work to shoot videos. I could be going to work to teach. You know, it really all depends. Um, but all in all, it is it. It's really a fun gig. You know, I'm single. I'm not married. Uh, so I do a lot of traveling, um, which is nice. You know, I get to, you know, you, it's get, all around, you get around a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's all on Delta's tab. You know, um, you know, they pay for the hotel. They give me a rental, you know, rent a car and stuff like that. And I get to get around and it's it's I really can't complain, you know, so and it's great. You know, um, I think I found my calling in teaching. And it's a it's a great opportunity. A lot of people enjoy my classes, and I just have fun, man. It's, it's and, what's, and what's so cool, and what people don't remember, and you know, it is you got to love what you do. But the best exactly. part about also working is yeah. you know making money as well. And I think what people forget is working on know the maintenance side you can still make a very good wage working over oh, yeah. on that side and you can make a pretty damn good one oh, yeah. um and i know uh you talked about it in one of your uh one of your past episodes uh is w- what even a starting one makes I'm, and i sat there and i knew they made good money i'm like yeah holy hell really that's what it is <laughs> but it's like you know what you know people forget about it and it's like you know yeah. i see people like you that just absolutely love their job and they have fun with it and they get to do all this yeah. stuff i'm like you know i think you know more people need to look at this especially more of them you know the hands on mechanically inclined um, right. type people cuz we need more and more we need more and more of those and it kind of gets into my next question and yeah. i think a lot of people kind of forget about the maintenance crews and yeah. it's kind of sad right you know the average person traveling they see the pilot but they don't yeah. see the whole maintenance crew that was on the ground making sure that that yeah. that airplane can get up in the air and get you know get that person to johnny's birthday out in yeah. florida or something so what makes <laughs> what makes your job so rewarding and what have been some of the perks that have come along with the positions that you've held oh man um you know you know first of all um this job is very rewarding um this there's no better feeling of you know you get in a we call it a gate call you know an airplane well okay so let me back up uh there's two different types of maintenance well there's multiple but the main ones are line maintenance and that would be uh you know you work in the aircraft at the gate um then there's base maintenance you know guys that work airplanes in the hangar two different worlds um 
So I worked a lot of line maintenance. I got a couple of months of hanger maintenance or base maintenance, what we call it. But, you know, line maintenance is definitely more gratifying because, you know, you could be sitting in an office, you got a stream with a whole bunch of departures and, you know, airplanes are coming in and out or flights are coming in and out. And you may get a call from a pilot. Hey, you know, I got this going on. You know, I need some help. You run out there, you get up to the jetway. So you walk up the jetway, either there's people boarding or, you know, the flight is ready to go. So you walk on the airplane, there's a whole bunch of people, right? You look to the right down the aisle and everybody's on board. You know, all the bags are in the overhead bins and stuff like that, you know, and the pilot's got a question. You know, you walk in there and, you know, you guys are talking and, you know, whatever the issue is, you fix it. And, you know, you feel like a superhero. You know, sometimes, you know, the airplane may be on delay for a maintenance uh, uh, issue and uh, you may get out there and fix it or, you know, um, <clears throat> what we call MEL um, or uh, minimum equipment list. So long story short, let's say you have a light bulb out. All right. You can get away or depart with that light bulb being out and, you know, you just document it. But, you know, little stuff like that, you know, people appreciate, you know, in the operation because, you know, at the end of the day, they just like you said, they need to get to their destination, you know, safely. And, you know, there's, you know, certain protocols we have to go through. And, you know, there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. You know, it's not just us. You know, we, you know, uh, communicate with uh, logistics or uh, the stores department. They run us parts and whatnot. They drop off parts to the to the gate so we don't have to waste time to go get them. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot that, that, that goes into it, but it's very gratifying. And, you know, after you sign that logbook off with replaced, you know, light bulb or replaced component, you know, ops check good or ops check normal, you watch that thing taxi out. And I, I've watched airplanes that I've fixed take off. You know, it's, it's no, there's no better feeling than that, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 I don't. I mean, it's just it's just a feeling that you can't describe, you know, your work flying and going to make money, you know, for the airline and, you know, something that you did, you know, there's a it's an irreplaceable feeling for sure. It's sometimes, you know, superheroes, they don't a they don't wear capes and right. B, B, they don't wear pilot uniforms. Most right. of the t- most of the time they're wearing the neon green uh, vests out there, you know, exactly. make, making sure the people uh, making sure the people are safe. And, and yeah. I, I, I think I mean, I think your maintenance background, I mean, is incredible. And it's I think it's helped you. It seems like it's helped you a lot uh, on the pilot side. Um, and it's probably made a lot of things uh, a lot easier. Um, and just how you did it. I mean, it's, it was just incredible how you started at such a young age, you got into it. Um, and you've really, you've been in charge of your own career, um, and taking it to, uh, to where it is now. And and now I want to jump into basic, you, it's like, we got like three mills here. We got, we got maintenance mill, which we just talked about. And now I want to talk into entrepreneur Mel because oh, I mean man. this I think this is just what makes you so fascinating so I you know your apparel brand yeah I came across that as well uh, when we first connected and man I still need to get my first hoodie I told you a while back that I was gonna get yeah, one and yeah. I, I think you were out of my size at first but I think yeah. uh, you got it back so I need to uh, get that on order but how did you yeah. get into merchant apparel and, and what you know Tell the tell I, I know why you started the brand, but tell the audience, you know, why did you decide to uh, start Maintenance Maniacs? So so okay, so so the brand is called Maintenance Maniacs Apparel. 
Um, and it's 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 weird how it happened, but it happened. So long story short, um, you know. I went to high school in an era where, you know, growing up in New York City, you know, style is very important. Fashion was very important. Um, is it really important in retrospect? No. But when I was going to school, you know, everybody wanted to be, you know, the, the guy to fit in, the cool kid. So, you know, I wore Jordans. You know, I wore, you know, FUBU at the time. It's part of culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it was a, it, exactly. It was a culture thing. And, um, you know, so that's who I was. So when I graduated high school and I went on to work for the airlines and I would go out with my friends and, and, uh, you know, I would hang around these certain people that, you know, were in the music industry. And, you know, this is, you know, this is the real story, how it went down. And, you know, I'd be around there and they'd, they'd look at me like, Oh, what do you do? You know, are you an engineer, you know, do you work with music? Are you a producer? And that's like, no, Oh, what do you do? Like, Oh, I, I fix airplanes. Like you fix airplanes. That's so like out of the ordinary. Well, why is it out of the ordinary? Oh, because you don't look like an aircraft mechanic. And I was like, well, what does an aircraft mechanic look like? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, you know, usually, you know, some older guy, you know, pot belly, you know, kind of dirty, kind of greasy, you know. And it's like, you know, I thought about it. I was like, OK, maybe back then. But, you know, now it's, you know. The, the 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 stereotype has changed you know it has a but, lot yeah you know just i mean even a car mechanic you know people just have the stereotype you know of what a car mechanic looks like you know he doesn't oh he doesn't really take care of himself like that just kind of you know shirt hanging out pop belly you know whatever and so that led me to start this brand that you know, again, called Maintenance Maniacs Apparel, where, you know, you can cross the bridge between, you know, the maintenance world and what I do and fashion. And that was the whole idea, you know, making it cool or bringing awareness at the same time, you know, because, you know, the the logo is, you know, two wrenches crossed, you know, in a shield. So people look at that like, man, what the hell is that? You know, and then they see two wrenches, so they know it's mechanical right off the bat. Like, oh, okay, well, okay, cool. And then, you know, you make cool stuff, whether it's a jacket, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a hat, you know, you kind of make it a thing. And then, you know, it kind of sticks with people. And, you know, it's kind of similar to a Raider uh, logo. What I get a lot is people see like, oh man, you're a Raiders fan, then they get a little closer look, and it's like, oh, that's not really a Raiders logo. What the hell is that? Then it turns into a conversation. So, you know, starting the brand has been fun. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. I've had, you know, celebrities wear my stuff or whatever, you know, through great connections. And I mean, they just like it. Um, and, you know, first it started off with, you know, individuals who were out there, you know, whether they were car mechanics, you know, uh, aircraft mechanics, whatever, you know, just having a mechanical background, that's where it started. And then it kind of branched out because the design was cool and people liked it. So, you know, then you have people who have absolutely nothing to do with the maintenance or, you know, the, you know, repping uh, your brand. Yeah. Repping the brand. And, and, and that's when I realized, okay, you know, I got something going on here. So that's cool. And, you know, I've, since I've been flying, you know, it's only me. You know, I ship out all my own products. I promote my own stuff. I, you know, run the Instagram page for the brand. Um, so since I started flying and getting a little bit more serious, you know, the brand is kind of taking a back seat. And that's just, I'm only one person. You know, I know you talk it's about the entrepreneur. To do it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, 
I'm only one person. You know, I've been thinking about hiring somebody or, you know, getting some help. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not that simple because, you know, you want people to have the same passion as you do, you know. And, you know, you just don't want somebody just sitting in there just doing whatever, you know. So, so I kind of had to throttle back, no pun intended. Well, actually, pun intended. <laughs> so I actually had, to, actually had to throttle back on that and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, get my flight hours in, you know, pass my FA, you know, private pilot written and, you know, just be a little bit more focused because, um uh, another coworker of mine said, I have too many plants to water. He puts things <laughs> in perspective. He's like, man, you know, that's you why you like miracle grow. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you know, you got a bucket of water, you know, and you have like 10 plants to, to water and you don't have enough water to, you know, to water all 10 plants. So, you know, you kind of got to put your energy where, you know, you feel like it's most important. And at the time, at the time, I feel like, you know, attaining my private pilot license or getting more, you know, serious with that was more important. So, you know, the clothing line just naturally took a back seat and I'm going to start it back up in the fall. Also, you probably didn't know this, but um, also I also own, uh, since we're talking about entrepreneurship, uh, four houses down here in Atlanta. That was that that was actually going to be my next question. I was literally yeah, yeah. in my in my head. I'm thinking, my God, you do so much. You're a mechanic. You're an entrepreneur. You're a pilot, which we're going to get into, you know, next. But it's like, yeah. man, my God, what more do you do? How do you fill those other like eight to ten hours of your day? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also a landlord. Um, you know, I, I live in, you know, one of my houses. But of course, you know, I rent out the other three. And, uh, you know, it got too much for me. I was managing my own properties. I mean, this was years ago. Um, but uh, now I have a real estate agent who's also my property manager. And she manages my properties. So um, so I'm doing that as well. Yes, yeah, sir. It's a handful, man. It's uh, it's not easy. <laughs> but it, it's just the it's the hustle life, and it's, it, exactly, you know, it's the you know, being born and raised in New York, you know, as it's just it's just that mindset, you know, that 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 hustle, that hustle mindset, just being a hustler, man, you know, and that's just that's just where I'm at. And yeah. we'll get it, we'll get into it. But what I love is, I mean, you have your your hustle attitude and your hustle mentality. But you, it doesn't seem like you've ever lost your values and your goals and, and where you yeah. want to go. And we'll we'll uh, we'll touch into uh, into that here in a little bit. But first, yeah. let's jump into the pilot life. We've talked about your uh, your mechanic life, your entrepreneur life, and your uh, and a little bit of your personal life. But let's now let's get back into uh, the pilot life because I know we both have been going through uh, some of the same stuff and I'm super stoked to actually have a fixed wing pilot on the show now after having two ro- after having two rotor wing boys um, on so I know your process was just maybe a little bit different of mine and I know everybody kind of does things differently when they get their uh, fixed wing license so what was the process you went through to become a private pilot uh, on your side okay so interesting story um, and this goes back to the, the clothing line. Um, so I was working down here in Atlanta as a line mechanic and, uh, uh, I was on afternoon shift and I would wear, you know, my hats, my dad hats, like the, you know, like the one that you're wearing right now, yeah. um, you know, so I'd wear my hats to like gate calls and stuff like that. So I would see this MD 88 pilot often. His name is Dave Buck. And, uh, Dave would inquire about my brand. Oh, that looks cool. You know, I got a friend, I got, you know, a son who, you know, 
I know for sure would like that hat and you know I'm gonna get my get your number so he took my number and then I saw him again it's like hey you know I lost your number the last time I took it so it took maybe like three or four times uh of seeing Dave Buck because I would see him often and he always had like a so I shouldn't say always had a broke airplane but there was always something going on and I would just be the guy to go up there long story short um, he said hey man you know how old are you and at the time I think I was maybe 28 29 and I said oh, I'm 29 he said man you know we're going to be looking for a whole lot of pilots soon and he said you know you should think about it and I said ah maybe you know <laughs> Yeah, you know, I kind of brushed it off, and I saw him, you know, again. He said, hey, you know, did you think about that pilot stuff we talked about last time? I said, ah, yeah, kind of. Then I thought to myself, you know, I came home later that night, and I was like, you know what? You know, I keep hearing about this this pilot shortage, and um, they're going to be looking for a lot of guys. And I'm like, you know what? I've been a mechanic for a while. You know, at that point, maybe like nine or ten years. And I said, you know, maybe it's time to learn something else. You know, maybe not necessarily a career change, but I originally thought it'd be better if I understood both sides of the fence, you know, um, being a mechanic for so long, plus having that pilot experience. So I said, you know what, screw it. So I had his number at that point. So I reached out. I said, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about what you were saying. And, uh, you know, yeah, is there any, you know, is there any way you can help me? You know, because I don't know anything about this. You know, I don't know who to talk to. So he said, you know, give me a couple of days. I'm going to put out a post on Facebook. And this is exactly how it happened. He put out a, a post on Facebook, said, hey, you know, are any, you know, any, <clears throat> is there anybody out there who can help me out? You know, I got a guy and, you know, he's looking to fly, learn how to fly. So uh, one guy responded. Well, actually two guys, I think. But uh, the guy who I ended up speaking to, was, his name's Glenn Fink. He's a... Uh, a330 uh, captain and flight instructor at Delta Airlines currently and uh, he called me and said hey you know whenever you're ready let's you know let's meet up I'll take you up for an introductory flight see how you like it and then we can you know take it from there and uh, that's exactly how it happened I met up with him uh, down here at a small airport out of Atlanta um, and we went up flying I loved it you know he's had a Cessna 182 that's what I learned learned originally how to fly in I got 10 hours in a 182 and um, you know I uh, uh, High-performance airplane uh, mm -hmm. aircraft over, over 200 horsepower, and uh, we took our first flight maybe like half hour. Um, he let me do a couple of turns, and he let me take off. Um, and he said, "You know, what do you think?" I said, "Man, I loved it. You know, it's time to fly. Let's let's figure something out." And um, I started flying in January of 2017. I soloed in April of 2017. I ended up getting my private pilot license in May. May 1st, to be exact, yeah, May 1st, 2018. So it took me that long, you know, of course, work got in the way, personal life, but it took me that long to get my private. And um, yeah, I, I'm at this point, I'm not, I'm not looking back, but that's, that's, that's how it happened. It, yeah. And it's pretty crazy because basically your whole story that you just told talked about connections. And yeah, that's what exactly. I'm so amazed about this, this, not just this industry, but you know, the communities that we're putting ourselves into now is just immediately, you know, and, and I'll get to it in a question, uh, here in a little bit, but it, it's crazy, right? Because we're all, we're all pilots now we're all in aviation and it's like, you know, I go to this guy over here in one community. Hey, I'm a pilot. Oh, I'm a pilot too. And it's like, 
boom, instant connection. Or yeah. I go, I was in California last week, start talking to some folks at event. Hey, I'm a pilot. I'm a pilot too. Yeah. Boom, connection. It's like, man, it's yeah. just boom, boom, boom. Connections um, get made. But before we get into that, I want to I want to get kind of your your two cents on what have been the most important lessons or hurdles that you've learned, not just in your, your PPL training, but now that you're trying to get your, uh, your instrument rating, what, what have been some of those, uh, lessons and hurdles that you've had to overcome? So you're talking about in my flight training, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll put it all together. And, uh, you know, ever since you, you've come into the, uh, the actual flying world, kind of what have been some of those hurdles and the lessons that you've learned? Um, persevere i guess right um you know stay consistent as much as you can um and i'm 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 sure you know all about this but you know there's certain things you know so so learning how to fly has its ups and downs there's there's, there's certain things you do very well and the certain things that takes you a little bit longer than others and it kind of hurts your confidence whether it's stall stalls with my biggest problem um and it's something to a lot of people is so simple but for whatever reason (laughs) you know even now sometimes you know just that feeling of the airplane stalling and you know you're supposed to continue to add back pressure you know on that on that you know yoke and it's just it's just weird so Uh stalling is something that's just so easy because you know it's just kind of like robotic you know you know how to stall the airplane just do it but it's just something i always stop myself you know i stop halfway and wait for the airplane to stall it's like no my instructor keeps screaming at me keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling keep pulling you know stall the airplane so you know that was a big hurdle for me um but you know other than that you know persevere you know some days feel great you know you get up there you feel like you accomplished a lot like man you know today was a good day you know, I learned a lot. You know, my instructor, you know, seemed impressed. And other days, you know, he didn't seem impressed, you know, tell you to keep doing the same things over and over. And, you, you know, you're just not catching it. And But, you know, out of my flight training, I've just learned to, you know, stay persistent, you know, just, you know, get it, get after it. Um, you know, everything is not going to be perfect. And uh, that's that's just the way life is. And it builds character. It really does. Um, it it definitely builds character because, you know, you you're you know, when you think you're a hot shot and you think you're in the movie Top Gun, when you know, when you're flying a damn Cessna 172, <laughs> you know, thinking it's an F-14 and, you, you know, you can do this and do that. It's like, you know, a video game. And, you know, I tell a lot of people because a lot of people ask me now when they come flying with me or they see some of my videos on Instagram, like, man, you know, flying looks so cool. And I always tell people, you know, um, flying is easy. You know, flying is very easy. You know, when, you know, anybody can get up there, you know, with the engine, you know, open, open, full, full throttle, you know, you can make turns, you know, you can climb, you can descend, but, you know, fine-tuning that and learning how to fly is the hard part, you know, holding out, holding headings and stuff like that, like actually learning, you know, how to fly, how to manipulate the airplane to do exactly what you want it to do is the hard part, you know, so it's a challenge and I welcome the challenge, but you know, it, it, it definitely does have its up and downs for sure. But with that and kind of those, those hurdles and those lessons that you've learned, 
you know, what is your, what is your end goal here in the pilot life? You know, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the airlines? Do you want to just get your, uh, you know, the certifications? Um, you know, what are your end goals in this process? And then, you know, what would be your advice to the younger generation that might be interested in maybe, you know, becoming a pilot, uh, or just joining aviation in general? Um, so <laughs> it's been an ongoing battle, uh, with this end goal deal, uh, because I think, yeah, I think, uh, you were one of the first people that I told, um, so, uh, I was originally thinking like, you know what, I want to be a Red Bull air race pilot, you know, um, sport race pilot, uh, and I, I, I actually still want to do that, um, but the airlines are sounding really good. And reason being, they're looking for a whole lot of people. So a lot of these pilots out there who are flying for the airlines, a lot of them are the same age. You know, and they're going to be retiring over the span of, you know, well, at least, you know, where I work at Delta, um, they came out with a report that said that, you know, Delta's going to be looking for like 30-some thousand pilots between, you know, the next five to 15 years. So there's a huge pilot shortage out there. Um, so it just seems like now is the time to, you know, get all of that. But before that, um, I wanted to be, you know, again, a, uh, a aerobatic pilot, um, is the exact term. Um, and then outside of that, the next level was, you know, flying corporate, private jets, you know, kind of being like on call, you know, home Sounds on the like weekends. Contract, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, home on the weekends, you know, just hanging out. Hey, you know, you think you can fly tomorrow from this time? Yeah, you know, why not? You know, get a little extra money. But, you know, I think now it's kind of changing to uh, flying commercial. And what I mean by commercial is, you know, flying for the airlines because it's just such a massive shortage out there. Um, now's the time to get it. And, you know, my theory is, you know, timing is everything. I'm, I'm very big on timing. And, you know, I'll get a little bit personal also. Um, so... You know, I've been with Delta a long time, and Delta requires a four-year degree. Um, and I believe United as well. So they require a four-year college degree. It doesn't matter what it is. A lot of people make jokes. It could be in basket weaving. You hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you just got to you know, get that piece of paper. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. As long as it's a four-year degree, it doesn't matter in what it, you know, in, in whatever it it is, you know, that qualifies you, of course, having, the, you know, the proper ratings to uh, apply for a certain position. But, you know, I actually today, actually, to be exact, I was, you know, researching airlines that don't require a four-year degree because, you know, I mentioned that because I don't. Currently, right now, I do not have a four-year degree. Um, I have my associate's degree. I've uh, taken steps toward my four-year degree, but I don't have it at the moment. So now I'm looking at, you know, okay, well, what airlines, you know, don't require a four-year degree? You know, I found Southwest American, JetBlue. They don't require four-year degrees. Yeah, American American just started their, uh, the American Airlines Cadet Program. I watched, yeah. right before we got on the podcast, I watched yeah. a video uh, yeah. on that, and I'm like... 
Interesting. This is really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Delta, you know, to add to that, Delta started a, uh, a program as well called Propel. It's a Propel program as for employees, for military personnel as well, and then also college students. Um, so it's kind of the same thing. You know, they... Uh, send you to school, um, either you take out a loan or whatever the case is, you know, you, you get all your ratings and then you go work for a commuter airline. That's usually the route. Uh, you get your, you know, you, you build your time there and they bring you back to the company, you know, so it's kind of like a contracted deal, whatever the case is. But, you know, um, I do plan on continuing to finish my four-year degree but at the moment you know i have to use what i got and right now i do not have a four-year degree so i'm just looking at you know different options and there are options out there to get a four-year degree so uh, to add um to that so advice to you know the younger generations coming up behind us um get it you know while you can you know i was talking to my mom earlier and you know just saying just you know just having a conversation with her you know because once these airlines get their requirement whatever that is you know delta's you know 35 or 30 something thousand people it's going to close and close for a while because now they got younger guys who need to get to that you know mandatory retirement age which i believe is 65 you know so once they get to 65, and I mean, that could be 15 years from now. I mean, you know, if you don't get in now, it's going to be hard. You know, um, there's a lot of movement, you know, so it trickles down to even the commuter uh uh, commuter airlines below them, you know, you have these small charter companies that, you know, operate out of these small private airports. I, I'm pretty sure you see them flying out of, you know, uh, Fort Worth and stuff like that, you know, where you do, you know, you got these private jets. A lot of those guys are looking to get into the majors. So, you know, a lot of them now, since the floodgates are open, are now making that transition. So that leaves positions open, you know, where they were, you know, so everybody's coming up and, you know, a lot of, of those smaller companies are accepting, you know, lower hours, you know, maybe they require, you know, 800 hours or 500 hours, for, you know, just in, as an example, but yeah. because they can't find people, they may be accepting 200 or 300 hours now, you know, it's just now it's all about supply and demand. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Supply and demand. And now is the time to get in. Also, you know, to add to that on the maintenance side, we are short, you know, we are short on the maintenance side as well. Um, every time I drive down here, you know, driving to and from work and the different destinations, whether, you know, I'm flying or whatever, driving to airports, but, um, you know, they promote a lot of aircraft maintenance schools down here. They're lot. doing that. They're doing that here in DFW too. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a shortage. There's a shortage of, uh, you know, aircraft technicians as well. I mean, same thing. It's just across the board. A lot of these guys, you know, who've been in the game, you know, Pan Am, a lot of those Pan Am guys and TWA, you know, uh, from before, they're all going out the door. And they just need people. And there's not a lot of people flying, you know, hence the, uh, you know, American Airlines program and the program by Delta, you know, it's an incentive, you know. They're saying, hey, you know, it's cool to be a pilot or it's cool to be, you know, whatever, you know, come give it a try, you know, because years ago there wasn't anything like that because, you know, people were flying. But now, you know, that 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 industry, you know, that side of the industry is on a decline, you know, so they have to find a way because the airline's going to be screwed. <laughs> they <laughs> they are. People, you know, <laughs> and especially Delta, you know, you know, we're, <clears throat> we have a lot of 737s. We're still ordering, you know, uh, 
uh, uh, A321s, A350s. Uh, it used to be the Bombardier C Series, but now they changed the name. You know, Airbus got that you know deal, and now Took it's it the over, Airbus yeah. 220. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need people to pilot those airplanes. If they can't get people, <laughs> you know what I mean. So. Um, so, you know, I would definitely say if you're thinking about it, do it, you know, figure out a way to do it, you know, get your private or take at least take a couple of flights and just see how you like it. You know, so at least you can say, you know what, that's not for me. Or if it is, you'll figure it out. You'll figure out a way to, you know, get a license or, you know, get some flight hours underneath your belt, you know, and put it towards something. Because, I mean, there's a big industry shortage, huge, 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 huge demand, you know, demand out there. So. So we, we've touched on your your maintenance background, your entrepreneurship background, and, and now your pilot background. I mean, you are so diverse uh, on everything. Really, the last piece, and I kind of want to go deeper into into who Mel uh, into who Mel is and kind of how he's been in brought up here in his personal life. So, where you know where have you gotten your ambition and your drive from? Where do you feel like where did that start? Um, ambition and drive. <laughs> I think, um, so first and foremost, I'm an only child, right? So I'll put that out there. I'm very spoiled. Uh, usually most only, chi- you know, only children are, you know, cause they don't have anybody to share with. So I think that that plays into it. Um, I'm a winner. Uh, I like to compete. Um, I get, you know, if, if I set my mind on something, as far as I'm concerned, I got to have it. I don't care how I get it, but I got to have it. That's just that's just what it is. And, you know, I kind of grew up like that. So, if I, you know, again, going back to me not liking school, <laughs> but this situation worked out because I really enjoy aviation. So I don't care. You know, I just want to learn and, you know, absorb as much as I can. Doesn't matter if I'm flying, doesn't matter if I'm fixing. Um, So I think that that played into it, you know, being an only child. Um, And also, you know, being just raised in Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn, New York, you know, I mean, just growing up, you know, everybody's after something in New York. (laughs) It's just, it's just the fast pace. It's literally after anything. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it's the fast pace of the city, you know, I mean, you got a million cab drivers, everybody is hustling, everybody's trying to get ahead of the next person, and, you know, I think that played into it as well, you know, so, you know, here I am, you know, at 30 years old, you know, I still have the same drive, and it's not going anywhere, you know, I'm, but the difference is, you know, I'm, you know, I'm willing to help people, and, you know, to get, you know, a little bit more personal, you know, what I'm doing now, a lot of people in my community, and when I say my community, I mean, you know, the urban community, they don't know what the hell aviation is. You know, they they see it, they think it's cool, everybody likes to travel, you know, oh, I like to, you know, travel, and everybody likes to look like they're doing, you know, something, whatever it is, right? And, you know, traveling is a big part of that, and... You know, when they see somebody like me, you know, an African-American, you know, doing all of this aviation stuff and fixing stuff and working on planes and flying planes, it doesn't register. It just doesn't. So, you know, um, I get back to, you know, my high school. I go back to my high school all the time. 
I talk to the kids. You know, I just show up. You know, if I'm in New York, I just show up during the middle of the day to my high school. You know, I'm very well respected. Uh, they actually hung a banner uh, of my clothing line, the uh, the logo. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, in the hangar at my high school. We have a hangar, and, you know, they hang it up there. So, you know, when I get in there, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, Mel is here, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody wants to talk to me, you know. And, you know, I, you know, I love giving back. I love letting people know that, you know, it's a booming industry. You know, it is. And the cool thing about it, you know, with the urban community, to be exact, it doesn't require a college degree. You know, it doesn't require a college, edu- you know, education um, because there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> to go a little bit deeper, you know, getting personal, you know, college, in my opinion, my opinion, um, is a great thing. You know, if you know what you want to do, you know, whether it's engineering, whether it's nursing, whatever the case is, you know, by all means, go out there and get it. But college doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't. No. You know, it, it, it doesn't. And, you know, some people think that, oh, man, you know, I'm a failure because, you know, I didn't do the college route like, you know, some of my other friends or, you know, some of my peers. And that's not necessarily the case. It just doesn't work for everybody. College doesn't work for me. And I'm still struggling with it, you know, mm-hmm. being as real as I can. You know, I still struggle with it. You know, I'm in and out of school, you know, getting three credits here, getting three credits there as much as I can. You know, I'm not a fan of it because it just doesn't certain things just don't interest me, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, you have people spending thousands upon thousands of tens of thousands of dollars for college education and they come out, graduate in debt, don't even use it. You know, so the aviation industry, you know, is an industry where you can excel. You can excel and not have a college education. You know, um, it's more so certification you know you get your amp you know your airframe and power plant licenses it takes only you know 18 months you know if you stay straight you know if you're in school you know you start go straight finish in 18 months you know and there's a big shortage you know you come out making great money with great benefits you know you can give back to your friends with buddy passes and travel companions and stuff like that you know your your parents like travel limitless free. right <laughs> yeah you know limitless you know my mom travels for free my dad travels for free you know my girlfriend currently you know she's on my travel companion so she travels basically for free you know she pays the taxes well actually i pay the taxes yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway you know and it's just it's it's just an unknown industry, you know, in my, you know, in my community, and that's why I started the podcast. You know, that's why I reached out to you and asked you how'd you do it, you know, and uh, you know I, I I continuously appreciate you for that because you know people enjoy it. You know, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. Um, I've had maybe like three or four friends who've dropped everything, like, you know, whether they hated their job or, you know, wanted something else, wanted to try something else. You know, they jumped into A&P school. You know, I got actually I got a cousin of mine down in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, um, who is in the process of taking his oral and practical for his airframe, uh, airframe power plant. I've got uh, another friend from Brooklyn who dropped everything and uh you know, he went to an AMP school up there. He's, you know, about to take his uh, oral and practical for his airframe and power plant as well. You know, so the word is getting out and it's, you know, it's changing lives because it is a lifestyle change. You know, I mean, you go from, you know, doing whatever you were doing to now traveling, you know, whenever you want, you know, making good money, especially as an aircraft technician. You know, I mean, it's 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 great, you know, and it's very 
fulfilling, you know, to see people out there moving around and, you know, exploring something that's out of the ordinary, you know, something that's, uh, you know, something different. And it's cool. People, people really enjoy aviation, but a lot of people in the urban community don't know how to get into it. They just don't know. They see it. They travel on planes, but it's like, ah, you know, it's a thought. Then they move on. You know, it's like, ah, I don't know anybody who does this. So whatever. Yeah. And you know, it's so crazy. And I've talked about this on a few podcasts and I actually, I had a title about what, what I love so much about aviation and basically what you've just explained, um, through this, you know, and how, you know, you're saying you have a lot of friends and people in the urban community that just, they just don't know. And one of the cool things about this industry, and I keep saying it time and time again, and I think it's so true now is aviation there's no, you know, there's no discrimination factor in aviation. Aviation now, you got a lot of women coming up in aviation. You have uh, a lot of minorities coming up in aviation, even internationally. I mean, there are women who were able to fly before they could even drive in their own country. And I think that is just what is so fascinating. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from in aviation. If you're a pilot, if you're a mechanic and you connect with somebody in aviation, it's like everybody, everybody's on the same page. You know, there's, there's no borders when it comes uh, to aviation. I find that so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So you talked about, and I kind of just want to touch about this real quick because you were talking about how you were giving back and you're showing that you're putting your values to work, but what would you say are your personal values that you try to live by every day? Um, personal values, uh, helping out. I mean, you know, so, you know, especially after I started the part podcast and even right now, you know, I get so many DMS about how I did it, you know, can I help, you know, can I give some type of guidance to whoever, you know, random people, you know, who follow me, who I've never met, never spoken to, you know, they're asking, you know, how can I get into it? A lot of international people too, you know, um, asking, oh, you know, does my license here or my engineering or whatever translate to, you know, just for example, I just get a lot of examples or or not examples. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A lot of, Feedback? I guess maybe feedback. I'll I'll go with feedback. But um, yeah, I I love to give back, and I mean it. You know, it goes back to you know being at a red light. You know, you got a you know homeless person next to you. You know, asking for change, whatever it is. You know, I always make that a top priority. It's funny because you know two days ago I pulled into my uh, housing complex. And I uh, saw, so, uh, you know, an elderly lady walking to the trash, you know, because we have a we have a garbage disposal. Well, not a disposal, but a trash can, if you will. Um, and it's only two of them for the whole community. One, you know, one on both sides of, you know, the beginning and the end of, and the end of the community. And I saw her walking. I pulled my car over. I hopped out. I grabbed the trash and I walked it to the, you know, the rest of the way to the trash can. It's just it's just like second nature, man. You know, I have to help out you know if i if i know something and you don't and you're searching for that knowledge i'm gonna try to give it to you you know and that's just that's just the way i am you know i i just love to help out you know i love to give back i love you know for for people to be informed and you know if there's something i can give you know i don't know if you saw but you know just yesterday i was just at my desk working and so you know what weather and it's just 
it's just, and you start it, kicking out weather information and I'm, yeah, ki- I'm just, kicking yeah, through your side. I'm like, man, this is so cool. I love just, it. Just out of nowhere, you know, and, and, and again, you know, a lot of that stuff you probably knew, you know, just, you know, just being a pilot or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't know. You know, there's a lot of, you know, they walk out there in the afternoon, look up at the sky and see, you know, puffy clouds, like, uh, you know, and they may think about it, but they may not Google it, you know. And then, you know, you put something out there like that. And it's like, oh, you know, you, you start connecting the dots like, oh, wow. You know, so now, you know, people know a little they're not meteorologists or anything like that. Neither am I. But, you know, they know a little bit about why those type of clouds happen and, you know, what can cause, you know, thunderstorm, you know, just just stuff like that. You know, you just you just, you know, put little tidbits out there. I just I, I just like stuff like that. I, I mean, I just love how, I mean, you know, since, since we've connected and I've been following, I mean, I just love how you give back and your drive and your passion. It just exudes to, to everybody, um, everybody that you follow. And I mean, I think it's a testament just to the, the person that you are, but I kind of want to flip this a little bit and kind of get yeah. your opinion on this. But what do you believe is the most common reason for why younger people, um, right now are failing or giving up on their dreams, whether that be here in aviation or not? Hmm. Giving up on their dreams. Um, Younger people. Well, I think that the new age, um, I think social media has a lot to do with it, believe it or not. Um, Because social media is very... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, It it paints this picture that anything is possible and it is and 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 it very it very much is possible but social media kind of and i and i mean i i'm guilty of this myself kind of paints this picture as if you know things are easy you know what i mean so it's like it's like you just became a mechanic like it just right. fell out of the sky right you know you know what i mean and and and, and you know social media is very fickle you know You know, things come and go, you know, everybody's talking about this, you know, for two days. And then after that, everybody's talking about something else. And, you know, social media, I think, has painted a picture where, you know, life is easy. You know, you can just post things and, then you know, get a whole bunch of followers, get a whole bunch of likes. And then next thing you know, your life has changed forever. Where it's like, you know, you don't have to work for anything anymore. So I think people like their dreams are changing. Like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this. Okay, that did work out I'm gonna do this you know what I mean so I think that you know like at, at least for me you know I, I came up just before the social media age you know you know I had a, I had a cell phone you know so so I am <laughs> I am a part of the cell phone era you know in high school I did have a cell phone it wasn't a <laughs> smartphone you know it was you know going back to the Nokia days where all you had was you know a snake you played oh, snake yeah, on yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean but you know so so, so so I so I was a part of the cell phone era so I did have a cell phone uh, and a number my own number but I wasn't a part uh, I didn't grow up on the smartphone era you know what I mean and you know so I didn't have access to all the apps and all the other stuff um, but I think that you know it, it, again my opinion um, social media paints this picture that things are easy and a lot of these kids coming up think that okay if this didn't work out I'm gonna move on to something else because it works for this guy that I they follow have no on patience. social media yeah exactly you know it, it's a process you know it is a process, you know, you have to, you know, you have to go through those failures, you know, it's just, that's just the way it is, you know, the only way to get better sometimes is to fail, because if you always succeed, you know, and failure happens, you're going to be doomed, 
you know, because you don't know what the hell hits you, you know. So some sometimes things have to go left in order for you to, you know, fix it, you know. And and that's just that's just the way it is. So you know, a lot of these kids don't know what it's like to you know struggle and to take your time and to be patient and wait for things to happen because when it doesn't happen when they want them to happen, you know, they move on to the next you know, situation or whatever they thought about next, you know, so. I mean, it, it's a level of patience and it, it's, it's something it that I, I mean, I struggle with every day and it's kind of yeah. crazy because you're so, I mean, you're so jubilant and excited about it, but I finally yeah. realized I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I was complaining that it took me seven and a half months to get my private pilot's license. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, but Mel, he had he had to deploy way more patience for his because it took longer. Yeah. But we're still yeah. so excited. Um, we're still so excited at the end. I mean, it's crazy when it's when you're good. patient and you stick yeah. to your goals. Good things happen. Exactly. So I, w- I want to start. You know, we've we've gotten so much good information here on this podcast. We've talked about your maintenance career, your entrepreneurial career, your personal life, and you know how you've grown up and everything that you've gone through, as yeah. well as the brand new uh, pilot uh, career that you're you're kicking off right now. So I want to get into the the lightning round questions before I yeah. start wrapping uh, the podcast up. And here in the lightning round, this is supposed to be fun, witty, off the top of your head you know off the cuff answers so when i ask a question and we got uh what i think it's like 10 questions here uh whatever's first thing on your mind you gotta say you can't think it's gotta be just right off the cuff so question number one everyone in aviation has their quirks so on a scale of one to ten how weird are you uh a three (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I, I I call myself like a seven or eight every day. I'm probably the weirdest <laughs> mofo you'll find around. I swear. I'm, I'm just so quiet. I don't know, man. I'm just so quiet. So I had to go with three, man. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm so energetic and and ca- you know what? Charismatic is the word. Very charismatic. But man, I'm just so quiet. Like if you got around me, it's like, oh man, you know, he's like real chill, man. You know, so yeah, I had to go with a three on that. All right. No, question number two. What's your favorite word? Damn. Damn. I say, I say damn a lot. <laughs> I say damn a lot, man. Yeah. Qu- all right. Question number three. What's your favorite food? Uh, ooh, crab legs. I'd have to go oh, with crab legs. Oh, man. Seafood. That's making me hungry. Yes, uh, question number four. What sound or noise do you just absolutely love? Uh, sound or noise? Uh, jet engines gonna have to yeah uh, you know this is the crazy thing about jet engines and i don't mean to get soundtrack and my wife thinks it's crazy every, yeah. every like every time i get up and, and we go flying somewhere uh for a trip or something i pass out and i always sit right on the window like right there on the wing uh yeah. and she goes how do you pass out it's so loud i go there is something about a jet engine that i just love and it literally puts me to sleep like a little baby yeah. i'm the same <laughs> way man <laughs> Those little, those little small vibrations, especially if you're sitting up against the window, uh-huh. man, it's just, it's just that, that buzz, man. It just knocks you out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Question number five. What's the most important thing you always carry with you on every flight? Uh, my iPad before flight. Oh, man, I can't, I can't do anything without that thing now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Gotta go before flight, man. I, ha- I have to have it, man. I All right. To. Question number six. What profession other than your own that you're in right now would you like to attempt before you die? Oh, 
Meteorology. I think I'd like. I, I, I would very. I like that answer. That's a different yeah, kind of answer. Yeah, I would definitely like to be a meteorologist. Yeah. All right. Question number seven. What are you not very good at? Math. I suck at math. I'm terrible <laughs> at math too. That's fine. We're like we're like the same people. Literally, I'm the worst at math. The I worst. Suck at math. It's terrible. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. All right. Question number eight. What's your ultimate dream in life? Uh, ultimate dream no boundaries and what I mean by that like no boundaries financially no boundaries like you know I want to eventually own my own airplane and you know if I just want to get up like you know long story short like John Travolta you know just to skip to the chase you know he's got from what I understand you know he's he's got like his own airplane his own like airstrip I want to have something like that man where I could just walk outside my house you know and jump in a 172 or, you know, whatever and just take off from my lawn. His house <laughs> is incredible. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. That's, that's, yeah. Yep. I feel like that's kind of the same the same dream I have, too. I mean, it's just yeah. a it's just huge passion. So, all right. Question number nine. In aviation, what's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, in aviation, biggest pet peeve. That could be on the maintenance um, side or the pilot side. Um, whew, biggest pet peeve. Uh, I'd have to go with diversity. I think that um, we could be a little bit more, you know, more diverse maintenance and you know, and uh, on I agree. The side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, diversity. Yeah. All right, yeah. and now the last one. Question number ten: If you could fly anything, now that you're a pilot, what would you fly? Ooh, that's a tough one. <sighs> It's a battle. Okay, it's a battle between a uh, F eighteen because I'm like so in love with the Blue Angels. Uh I'm a Blue Angels fan, and uh, that that uh, Russian uh, six engined Antonov was Antonov. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Two twenty six or whatever it is. The the uh, the deal with the six engines. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I really want to know what the hell that thing feels like flying. You know. I, so, I honestly feel with that aircraft, that aircraft is like, it must just be like a remote control, right? Like there's just two dudes up there, you know, <laughs> they got, they, they're sitting there, they're sipping on some vodka or something. And that, right. damn, that damn plane is flying itself because it is so huge. But that thing it's, is just incredible. It's incredible. It's a, it's a big airplane, man. Like, I, you know, I want to know, you know, I want to get behind the controls of that thing just to feel what it, you know, what it's like taking off or landing, just making a turn, whatever, you know. So, yeah, I've always thought about flying that thing and what it'd be like. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So those, those questions were just supposed to be a little break, a little fun, just to kind of yeah. to kind of get the uh, the funny version of Mel. But we're going to we're going to start wrapping this up a little bit. And I kind of I, I have these last questions that I like to yeah. ask everybody because they're they're really going to get deep. So I'm going to uh, this is a two part here in these final questions. Basically, the first question is for you. And then I'm going to let you ask me a question back. Um, and then basically, uh, the final question is for our listeners, you know, and we'll, we'll post this up on social, but what, uh, what question do you have for the listeners out there? So the question that I want to ask you before the question you ask me is 70 years from now, how do you want people to remember Mel Williams? Uh, I would say relentless and, you know, you know, I never gave up, 
you know, whatever I spoke about, I went out and I got it, you know, um, <laughs> to add to, you know, all of this, you know, my favorite, you know, person, um, you know, or public figure, I should say, is Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, I grew up in the Kobe Bryant era, you know, Jordan, I remembered a little bit of it, but, you know, it was mostly Kobe and, you know, Kobe's attitude was very, you know, straightforward, you know, hence the, you know, whole black, black mamba thing, you know, he, you know, he's an animal, you know, and that's how I want to be remembered, you know, relentless, just, you know, he went after it, he got it, you know, nothing stood in his way, you know, that's 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 definitely how I want to be, you know, remembered um, 70 years from now, you know, that I was a go getter. You know, I went after it. I got it. And I did everything. I ran over every obstacle, you know, in my way to to attain my goal. I, I like that a lot. I mean, that just continues the yeah. trend of, yeah. you know, the values and uh, and what you were given. So now I'm going to let you ask uh, ask me, the host question a question back i really like this because so far in the last two episodes i've gotten some interesting questions okay um i you know i i guess i never asked you this but um um what's your plan in uh this whole you know uh you know getting your private i know you got your private now and stuff like that you know do you want to fly commercial i know you know uh you're a big helicopter um, I love the aircraft industry. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, I love yeah, the rotor yeah. world. You know, so so so. Do you think you may, you know, go to the dark side as they call it, and uh, <laughs> go to the dark side and get some, you know, rotor wing, you know, experience? Maybe get your private, maybe even commercial, and you know, on, you know, so on, so on and so forth, or. You know, what's your, what's your plan? So my plan, yeah, I mean, the helicopter industry, right, is so, is so different from the fixed wing industry. And it's, the big one is it's a lot more, like people think the fixed wing side is expensive. Try doubling that. And that's what the helicopter yeah. side is. But, yeah. you know, being on a marketing and sales team uh, for, for Bell uh, in the rotorcraft industry, it gives me a, a lot of chances to fly in the aircraft. And we fly, all our pilots are CFIs, right? Um, so now, you know, you're a student pilot and you have everything, you can start gaining that experience and they'll sign you off uh, when you're flying around. Um, but from, an, you know, I love helicopters and I think it would be so cool down the road to get a, uh, to get a license. Um, but really, I think my ultimate goal, you know, I think it would be, you know, I said in the last, you know, the last episode that, you know, I think it would be hard to do the same type of flying every single day, um, which, you know, would maybe be a struggle for me in something like the airline industry. Um, but really my big dream, I think in all of this, and it touches a little bit when you went back into the diversity, um, I would love to be able to start, you know, I already have kind of a plan and maybe trying to save up some money and won't say how much, but I would love to start maybe with even one kid, this, uh, like a nonprofit type organization that basically helps put, um, you know, kids that maybe cannot afford, uh, the opportunity to come in and get their licenses, whether that be, uh, a mechanic license, uh, a helicopter license or a private, uh, fixed wing license, but help them come in get it at no cost 
But see, it's not a scholarship, right? Because there's a lot of scholarships out there that just hand money to you. But it's not doing, it's not doing anything, right? The, right? the one thing that I see that the aviation industry really, really lacks, and I think something that the younger generation can bring up is mentorship, especially yeah. mentorship to younger kids. I mean, you do it, um, and, and I try to do it as much as I can. And to be able to give them a program that helps them get through you know, everything, not hand-holding, making them do the actual work, but being there in case they hit those roadblocks and they need that extra motivation because we've all been through it, right? Yep, you know, there's absolutely. plenty of scholars. You, the perfect way, and we we talked about this in college, right? The the whole college experience. People can give me a college uh, a college scholarship. People can give you a college scholarship. That doesn't mean you're going to do anything with it. Right. And right. so giving them that mentorship and helping them and guide, you know, guide where they want to go inside that. I mean, I really don't see a program like that out there. There's just a bunch of, okay, go get a loan, come do this. You're going to enjoy it. But there's no, you know, once somebody gets in, you know, they may not they may not want to go to the airline. They might want to do something else and they don't want to be stuck. And so giving them a physical path forward and give, you know, helping them connect with people, helping them connect with people who care about them. I really feel that there needs to be a program out there uh, like that. And that would, that would be the ultimate dream. I think, you know, Uh, Sean Tucker, you know, he runs a really cool program out in, uh, out in California. And I've been watching him for a long time now. And I think what he's doing out there in his hometown, I think is truly incredible. And he's helping a lot of kids. And I mean, that would be pretty cool to, uh, to start something like that here in Texas as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll get into the last question of the podcast that I like to ask everybody, uh, that joins me here on the show. But what question would you like to ask my small, but growing audience? Mm, this is a tough one. Um, small but growing on it. Last question. Mm. Um, I would simply ask, I mean, you know, what sparks your interest about, you know, aviation? You know, aviation is a very, uh, you know, big industry with different avenues you know you got you got aircraft maintenance you know you got air traffic control um uh you got you know flight dispatchers a lot of people don't know about that you know that's a whole nother you know deal there you know of course you got pilots um you know you got a you know you got meteorologists you know their job is to give you know weather to pilots and stuff like that especially with a lot of that ifr stuff you know flight service station so um you know what sparks your interest about you know aviation what's the most interesting thing to you you know because again there's a lot of jobs that people just don't know about you know of course you know the popular ones like of course pilot is number one right oh, yeah. you, got flight, you, know, you got flight attendants you got air traffic controls you got aircraft maintenance you got flight dispatchers you know um there's a there's a lot that goes into um and you know nobody can do it alone you know nobody can do it alone um you know you have you know pilots that need mechanics mechanics that need pilots to fly the the airplanes you know um you know even if i'm a mechanic and i fix an airplane how do i know if it's good or not i may have to have a pilot to go check it out for me so you know we need each other you know uh flight dispatchers you know flight dispatchers are responsible for for the flights you know pilots need dispatchers uh you know, we all need the weather, you know, you know, how do I know what the weather's like? Let's say, you know, we didn't have smartphones and stuff like that, you know, to kind of give us a, you know, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, 
uh, forecast. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, for the weather. You know, we got meteorologists that you know can kind of see the way storm systems are moving. So it's, I mean, it's a, and of course, you know, air traffic control. You know, how do we keep people apart from each other up there? You know, once we get up, you know, I'm looking outside the airplane for traffic that's near. You know, um, maybe I may be lucky, you know, lucky enough to have ADSB and you know, uh, you know, some type of system where I can see other airplanes on my aircraft. But that's not always the case, you know. So I may have to rely on, you know, air traffic control to keep me safe up there. You know, added an added, you know, uh, set of eyes. So there's a lot that people don't know about. Um, so, yeah, what's what's the most interesting to your listeners? You know, what's the most interesting, you know, avenue to them? Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody, you heard it there. So head over, head over to at Hodge underscore C-H-E. I'm going to I'm going to post uh, about this podcast and there's going to be a picture uh, of Mel. Mel doesn't know which one I'm going to use yet. It's going to be a secret, uh, but kind of kind of giving an update uh, and the lowdown on today's podcast. But in the comments, you know, try to answer Mel's question and uh, hopefully we can get a a little conversation going. Uh, So you can do that uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Hodge, H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E. And speaking of social media, Mel, where can people find you on social media? Uh, And especially how can they support your apparel and merch brand uh, if they uh, if they so choose? Oh, awesome. Um, so, uh, I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Mel the Traveler, uh, M E L T H E T R A V E L E R underscore. <laughs> um, so that's my personal page. I post a lot of cool pictures there. Uh, I also post videos. Um, so I fly with a GoPro that I record, you know, some of my flights and stuff like that, you know, just to add a little, add a little flavor, I guess, if you will, um, to, uh, my posts. And then, uh, the clothing line, uh, maintenance maniacs apparel is exactly that on Instagram. It's maintenance maniacs apparel, the whole thing. It's kind of long and I'm trying to figure out a way to shorten it, but I'll get there. (laughs) I like it right now. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, but, um, yeah. So as far as my personal uh, page, Mel the Traveler underscore and then um, uh, my uh, clothing line is uh, Maintenance Maniacs Apparel at the moment yeah Awesome. Well, Mel, I feel like we could literally sit here and talk all day about about aviation. I mean, it's so cool, your story. And I feel like I could learn still so much more about you. But I truly, truly want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day because you got so much going on and you're doing so much cool stuff uh, to come on the Avgeek Chronicles podcast and uh, just give us the lowdown about your uh, your experience and everything that you've gone through. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, that's uh, that is all for today's episode of Ask the Av Geek, and we hope to see you guys next time uh, for the next guest we bring in, and uh, hopefully, have we have the same exact type of conversation. So we will see you next time. Let's go.